Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of a Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Mornay, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. Getting ready for, for one of the biggest games in almost a decade for Arsenal. I know before we've been in finals, but this, winning this final could mean so much to the club going forward. Not only silverware, but getting us back to the Champions League, where I feel we do belong. I mean, I just find, uh, you know, as, as exciting it all sounds, I just find the old build-up, whether it's down to, um, you know, where we're hosting the, the tournament in Baku, Azerbaijan, but it, it seems like the old build-up has been kind of flat. I mean, I think even with, with the Champions League final now with, with uh, Spurs and Liverpool, I mean, it, look, it's going to be probably one hell of a game. But it seems like it's very low-key. Everything is very low-key with whether it's that final or our Europa League final. I think with regards to the Europa League final, it's just the, the, the venue. I mean, I don't mean to you know, be condescending to the venue in any way, but I just don't think it's a place where the final should have been held. I mean, it's not accessible for the rest of the world. I mean, if they to put it in a, I think, in a better area, the, the, the saga, I mean, all the drama and build-up behind this final has nothing to do with the soccer, actually, with the football behind anything. It's more drama with other aspects of the field. I mean, I saw people doing like four to uh, between two and four or even five uh, leg travel uh, traveling uh, itineraries because it's so tough to even get to Baku. So they have to, you know, take flights or, or bus rides or, you know, those coach rides or even uh, via ship. You have to travel to certain places just to get there. So that's going to, you know, unless you've got the cash, you know, to burn in a way. Other than that, it's gonna it's a hell of a dent in the pocket you're gonna have after the storm. Because I mean, I've heard even some you know well-known Arsenal fans on YouTube, and then some even said, Look, they can't make it because they'd love to go, but it's so far out there. And I mean, if you've got if you're married and you have a family, or even if you're working, but I mean if you've got like you know a 95 job, you can't just you know take that off and you're gonna spend close to like 2k in one day for you know not only accommodation, but you also have to you don't know the area right also there. So that's why, I mean, with regards to the tickets, uh, I don't know if you heard this, but both Chelsea and Arsenal actually returned 6,000 tickets to from the 12,000 they got. So, wow, that's, uh, that's a whole lot. I mean, to, personally, I've never, you know, watched an Arsenal game live, but I was actually considering going to watch the Europa League final, should we have made it, and it was really on my mind actually building up when we got went into the final. I thought, you know, maybe it would be a good opportunity since, you know, not a lot of tickets. I mean, there's still a lot of tickets on the market. But then I just thought that the whole procedure of getting there is not going to be worthwhile to 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 do it at all. Yeah, because, I mean, for me, it's actually ideal if you have, um, you know, almost like if you got a, somehow a connection. You know, like if you know, know somebody, then it at least saves you a bit of, Let's say with the accommodation type of thing, but I mean, other- like there's so many other countries to host it in. I mean, if there's in, like you know, there was there's France, you know, even uh, what other places they could have gone to from Germany, even. I mean, I haven't seen Germany host the Europa League final in a while. I know they did with the Champions League, but I mean, they could have anywhere. Munich, Berlin could have even been a nice venue, but. I just think it's not really accessible and it's a bit of an anti-climax as well mm-hmm. for such a big game. Yeah, but I mean, now we all just have to, you know, get in a bit. Because I mean, sometimes I also found some of the, 
you know the comments that people were making of like you saying protesting the venue and it makes no sense. I mean, you can talk about like it, but I mean, for me, I just find UEFA shot themselves more in the foot than anything with us. Yeah, and and, and look at the drama it's causing with Mkhitaryan as well. Is that actually fair to a player who played such a big part in the Europa League campaign? May or is going to miss out on the final because of all this drama happening? Like, shouldn't shouldn't that be a wake-up call to UEFA that, you know, you can't, that somebody is probably one of his biggest games you would have been playing, is missing out on it because of this. Because, I mean, I can tell you now straight, I mean, if this was not any other player, like uh, Messi or Ronaldo or someone like that, they would somehow, by by Kurk, they would uh, organize something different that I'm sure of, or, you know, beef up extra security, something like that for the players' protection. But I mean, they were not really a help. I mean, even Arsenal, when it came down to Arsenal asking for extra tickets, they didn't help. They were of no help with regard to that. Do you know what the situation is? I know I, I tried to read up one. I didn't get the full, really, grasp of it with the whole Mkhitaryan saga and Azerbaijan. Well, the, the thing is, there's, you know, animosity between Armenia and Azerbaijan. So it's almost like any little thing it also gets beefed up in the in the media, you know, like don't like to stir up stuff. I mean, like, I'm talking of local media now with regard to Armenian media and, and, and Azerbaijan media. So it's almost like that stuff is also adding to the, you know, flames in a way. But I just think we could have taken the sting out of it by, you know, or, or UEFA could have actually taken the sting out of it all and, you know, been quite adamant with, look, this guy is going to play if Arsenal want him to play. And we're going to see to it that this, this player is protected and everything is, uh, uh, you know, accordingly with uh, with regards to safety, the stadium as well. But it's not like there was no real help from them. Yeah, and I mean, it's their job, it's their event. UEFA chose this venue, yeah. so you have to make sure that every single player has a right and to be safe to and go and play a game. It's, it's not fair. I mean, surely the, something should have taken further into the matter. I mean, it's just left at the, as it is. But like you mentioned, can you imagine Messi or Ronaldo or? You know, the one of the big guns yeah. could have, or Neymar would have couldn't have played. It would have been a massive thing, but just because it's Mkhitaryan and possibly the Europa League final, and now it's suddenly oh oh well that he doesn't play. That's the end of it. I mean, he could have been the guy scoring the winning goal for Arsenal, but you know that doesn't happen now because of that. Yeah, but I mean, yes, that expertise also, you know, playing and winning it with United. So it also adds to it all, you know, for the cup final, but. You know, that's now that I mean, nothing not to you know, sort of go on about that, but you know, it's a really disappointing the way that now played out. Um, I don't know if you also saw with regards to the bad sales with regards to the final, like with, with in general ticket sales, because I said tickets are actually being sold now for about 19 pounds a ticket. Oh, oh wow, that is oh, I would love to buy a ticket at that price. Even Arsenal and even Chelsea were busy phoning their members, you know, club members, to ask if they don't want to buy a ticket. Because people are not, you know, making any sort of effort really to buy any of that stuff. So, as I said, I think most, most teams are going to also take, a, a, you know, a financial dent in that sense. But it's all right. It's, look, it's UEFA anyway, running the show. So I have no problem. Because I just find that you're... Not the most trustworthy football you know, federations you can get out there at the moment. 
question quickly to you. Um, you sent me this picture actually um, a few days ago when we were you know, one of our personal chats with, uh, with regards to you know, Peter Cech lifting the Champions League in 20, was it 2013, 2012, when he still posted you know, that on the 19th of May, he posted a picture of him kissing the Champions League um, a few days ago. I mean, what's your feelings towards that with regards to actually the one of the biggest games coming up in Arsenal's last decade coming up and him posting a picture like that you know what? What was your feelings towards that? Um, the timing I found was wrong, really wrong. Um, at, on the other side, I do believe he is like you know a, a professional, so he's probably going to go, you know, about it like he would go any other game. But I just think the timing of it was wrong. And I mean, since Arsenal are, fans at the moment are quite on the edge with any you know little thing, whether it's say a player complimenting another club, and of course the media. Uh, you know, flaming it up. I say, oh yeah, Lacazette wants to move to uh, Madrid or Barcelona. Or same with Aubameyang. So of course it gets us antsy. I mean, we've seen it. We've been down that road before with people like Van Persie, with Fabregas and them. So it's not like every time you see a little thing like this getting, you know, popped up in the media, we kind of get, you know, like kind of antsy with regards to it. But that being said, I just think the photo, the timing of it all was very bad. Um, as for the final with the goalkeepers, you know, we've again it's something that most even our listeners, I'm sure, have also been down that road with Arsenal. If you've now been supporting Arsenal 20 plus years, uh, Wenger did it also with where Richard Wright got us to an FA Cup final and he ended up dropping him for David Seaman for the final. Then, uh, you had also, I think there was another case, I've, I just can't get to it now. Oh, yeah, that, we saw Wenger also, he could have changed this, changed up, uh, you know, letting. The stronger than he actually lets the, like, say, the inverted commas, uh, week of the two keepers go through, like, where Fabianski got us right away through, or, or Spina got us right away through. So you don't know how they're going to also play, but I, th- I think Emery will probably stick with Chick. It's just a bit dangerous, you know, it could affect him mentally because going into that game now, if Peter Chick makes any any yeah. sort of mistake, they're going to hop on to the fact that, you know, he kissed the trophy and he's going to Chelsea next season, even though that's not his intention. And it's going to, it could mentally affect him. For me personally, since, you know, I wanted to bring up who my possible starting 11 would I would go for, is that I would actually put Leno in. And I may probably be, this, people might disagree with me because Peter yeah. Cech got us to the final. But it's Arsenal's biggest game in a long time. Your best keeper has to stand. Peter Cech showed kind of, I wouldn't say his loyalty, but he showed, you know, where his heart is at. Actually, his heart is at Chelsea. His mind may be at Arsenal, but his heart is at Chelsea. So give Leno the chance because at the end of the season, if Arsenal don't make the Europa League, Peter Cech's not faced by it. It's going to be Leno who's going to be faced by it. So I would give Leno the, the, the nod, actually. I don't know what your feelings are for number one for the final. Look, I'm at the moment, as for me, it's just my actually my concern would be the defense needs to be on the on its on on point for the final. But as for the goalie thing, um, you know, the reason I also just want to reiterate with that other point of wrong timing, he has not personally made his mind up that he's going to take the Chelsea job. That's why I said, he, like, I mean, for me, he also shot himself in the foot in that sense. 
Because if he had not kept everything under wraps, he would even stay off social media for a while, leading up to the final. Then fine. Then he could, you know, go to Chelsea if he wanted to, whatever. But now, as he said now the other day also, he also came out, you know, in the open with it, where he said, look, I did not say, I didn't say it's a definite thing that I'm going to Chelsea. But it's like everybody's now, you know, jumping the gun type of thing. And that's why, I mean, I think he, he also knew what sort of flack he was getting. And uh, David Seaman said now a few days ago on, on, I think, Talk Sport or something like that, where he said, if he was Emery, he would actually let Leno stand because he said, like, once uh, Czech is done with the final, you know, his all ties are really cut to the club. I mean, unless he takes that job, because I think he has been offered a job at Arsenal. But he said, like, until yeah. then, you know, you don't know how it's also going to play out in that sense. But he said he would let uh, Leno play because he said, with Chelsea, with Czech's decision to say retire and maybe get away from football or something. Well, You've got no real tie there between player and club. Um, Defence-wise, you know, uh, we'll just stick at the back there. For me, Socrates has to go there. I'm going to go with a back three, possibly, of three centre back. Socrates, Monreal, Koscielny, yeah. especially if Higuain's there at the back. I do think we could marshal him. I mean, he, he does, it seems like Arsenal's defence struggles against space. I'm sure if they won't get too much bullied by Higuain. I think we could hold our own, unless they throw in our uh, ex-player Oli G, Olivia Giroud, who could cause some problems, I think, for us. In a, you know, he could he could show his aerial strength and we could suffer, but if I think if Olivia Giroud starts. So for me at the back, Monreal, Socrates, and Koshalny has to start. That's my back three. Yeah, I would stick with it as well because it's way safer than, you know, we have some like Mustafi and Monreal, then you're going to really have to have a headache on him. Like, because look, at the moment, Monreal is also going through a phase where he's been in some sort of rut also form-wise. But uh, it's also not like him really being held out on the left, you know, from, say, people like Kolasinac or Iwobi or whoever is out there. But, yeah, I would stick with that, yeah. That's a solid back three. And, and sentiments, I think, to Herrera and Xhaka. Xhaka, I know, I wish we had another like a Ramsey around it because have slotted in there. But uh, I think Shaka and, and Torreira has to get the nod in the middle of the park for me. And then on either side of them, I would go with then, I think by default, Kolasinac and then Ainsley Maitland-Niles did prove his worth down that side. So for me, those those four have to start in the middle with then, I think, Uzel. Uh, even though this type of game, I would have preferred to have um, Ramsey fit and then I think Lacazette and uh, Aubameyang up front. I do think that Uzo's going to have to uh, close down uh, Sari's son, a.k.a. Uh, Jorginho. I think he could be the weak link and well, we could get at him if we close him down. This is also something I don't want to add. For me, like, where... Look, I'm not saying oh, we're going to... we all out favourites for it. But I think where the, you know, the the the, the scale somehow some just marginally tipped our favour... The fact that Loftus cheek is injured and like out for like half a year, something like that, with that torn Achilles, for me that is the like already a, a key because if you watch the way he's been playing, he's been almost like the the, the protector of uh, Eden Hazard because when you watch him in tandem when they're running, he's almost like seeing to it that the the the, the path is open for for Hazard or his. You know, does that sort of role that that Kadira used to play at Madrid with um, Mr. Ozil? 
we almost like he allow he does all the dirty work, the grafting and that, and he allows somebody like Urzel now that freedom to be creative. And I think for Hazard to be creative, he needs that sort of protection. And I mean, if you remember that game outside the Emirates, that Jorginho was totally out, you know, outplayed and 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 isolated in that game. So it almost like left us with an easy task of picking off Hazard at numerous points during the game. But that that comes down to the fact that Ramsey was, you know. Get that guy to close him down all the time. Is Mesut Uzel going to do that? Or is Uzel going to allow uh, Jorginho to, to dictate play? Because if Uzel does not do that, yeah. we could make uh, um, Jorginho look like a star uh, playmaker because he will start spraying the ball over. If this Arsenal team is not disciplined in this finals, I could see them throwing it away if they're not disciplined and stick to the plan. But uh, hopefully Una Emery's experience comes through and like you also mentioned, the, the Chelsea team do not have full belief in Sarri at the moment. And I mean, look, we play them three times this season. Oh, this is something I mentioned to you earlier. Um, look, we played them in a preseason game, which was like you know kind of meaningless in in Dublin. And it was a game also where they Chelsea scored first. We managed to get the equalizer and we won on the shootout. But with just pointing down to the game. We, we almost like dominated that whole second half or most of the game. We dominated. Then it came to that league game where we lost 3-2 at Stamford Bridge. Again, Chelsea came out fast out of the blocks, went two up. You know, almost like head was rocking. We managed to pull the game back and then through some sort of indecision and, and error by Lacazette and Torreira, they end up going getting the winner, even though we looked way stronger in that second half. Then we take that game to the Emirates. There, we totally played them off the park. It ended up being almost like a training game. And it was like one, probably one of the easiest wins against them for a while. Even though it was just 2-0, it could have been way more if it wasn't for Kepa as well. It, it all depends for me which Arsenal turns up. There's Arsenal that turns up against Tottenham, Chelsea at the Emirates, uh, United at the Emirates, Valencia and Napoli. Those five performances, if we can give any one of those five performances in the final, I think we beat Chelsea. Chelsea have looked flat. They drew to Leicester. They've been struggling to get over the finish line. Even if you look at, look at their um, previous Europa League games, it was it was all... Uh, they lost at home to um, Slavia Prague. And then it was... Uh, the draw to Frankfurt as well. They're not that convincing. It's just we, we can't let them in the I, game. And I, Look, my point with regards to Chelsea at the moment, look, of course, they are still going to be dangerous. Don't get me wrong. I just want to put that out there. They are a dangerous team. They can punish you if, if you make that errors and they'll pick up on it. But for me, it's just at the moment, they're in a stage or the way their club has been developing this season. It's like they're not playing for this guy. It's like they will do whatever they, you know, they, they go through that motions, but it's not like they're going to play, look, we're going to try to save Sarri's job. And I think if it comes down to it, look, we know Chelsea down the years, they've been doing to numerous managers. If they don't want to play for you, they're not going to play for you. Even if it's going to sacrifice them something, they're not going to play for you. So, I mean, we saw uh, the, uh, the demise of, of Mourinho, we saw like that. We saw the that demise, you know, of, of uh, even, what's it, um, Conte as well, where if they just didn't want to play, they won't play. So, for me, going to the final now, looking at it now, um, mentally, who's it going to favour more? So, we have a Chelsea side who are going to the final relaxed. I know there's a bit of tenseness in the dressing room with the whole Surrey and thing, but they're going to this final uh, um, relaxed. 
they lose this final, they lose a chance of silverware, but they're still in the Champions League next season. Or is it the Arsenal side that now has it all to play for? They lose this game, they're back in this competition next season, or do they give or do they come out there with motivation? They want to play in the Champions League and do they got their all guys fighting against them, maybe complacent Chelsea? Or is it the nervous Rick Arsenal that comes out there and sprays passes all over the show, gets caught out of position? And yeah, uh, which Arsenal do you think? Who do you think has the upper hand? Do you think the Chelsea team will already have Champions League? Or do you think it's the Arsenal team who are fighting for their lives for Champions League? I think that's fire in the belly. Should take. I mean, if... As you said now, if the players are going to be up for it. Because, I mean, it could be something like... I mean, I know we, we talked about the other time also about winning finals. Like, say that Villa game, where it was in the FA Cup that time. Where it was probably the most one-sided FA Cup games. Like, is almost like the City-Watford type of game. And I mean, it's almost like you it's a, you get to a point where, you know, you want silverware. And you don't give a crap if it's going to be... All out, you know, like a one-way traffic where, you know, you totally swarm and, and dominate the thing. And people say, oh, yeah, it was the most boring. I, I don't care if people say, uh, say the most boring cup final. As long as we have that silver and a, and a golden ticket to the Champions League, I'm ready to catch in, mate. That that, that golden check to the, the ticket to the Champions League is going to be crucial. It, it all will kind of... The, there's repercussions if we don't make the Champions League. I don't think we were able to attract... The players maybe we want to attract, but if you can dangle that Champions League at it, I think Wolfred uh, Zaha would be more would want to come to the club. Like we'd be more willing to come to a club that can give him a Champions League football, and he can have it one more chance. You know, he had that United didn't hack it, but I think he is mature and ready enough. Yeah. You know, and I think if 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 the guys come to Arsenal, they want Champions League. I'm sure that Saab Rent as well comes to Arsenal, you would want to play Champions League because I think that's how Liverpool got their big break to the top. They they got Mane in before, he helped him get to the Champions League and then they started bringing in Salah and, you know, the guys that followed after that. So, I do think we need that Champions League spot so we can go to the next echelon in the, in I would say, world football and in the English Premier League. I mean, one thing, it's also not vital for me that I saw now um, the other day, you know, seeing well, uh, uh, like uh, that photos that Arsenal put up this morning on Twitter, seeing Welbeck, you know, board the plane for Baku. I mean, for me, it's like, you know, it, it also puts in a total different uh, angle and attack view from what we're going to have on the bench now. You know, we're not going to have say, somebody like a young Edin Ketia. You're going to actually have somebody like, like Welbeck who can help lead the line or can play outside on the left if, in, if need be or called upon. I think it's a good thing to call for somebody with his pace. Also, I don't know how his ankle is, but uh, I think he, I think we could uh, cause some damage with him. You know, towards the end of the game, if Chelsea do tire. I mean, I, I know there is a race uh, for 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 Kante for Chelsea to get match fit because I don't know. I know he's been doing intensive training at the moment, but there's also a chance where he could play. But look, Kante is not going to be playing in that role that caused us all sorts of problems a few years back, since. Yeah, we know Sari's son always gets that slot. <laughs> yeah, we must actually focus on Sari's son and hopefully, you know, he can lead a big part in us winning the game and taking the silver away. Yeah, because, you know, the other day I was listening to, uh, it was either Gary Sooners or Gary Neville, and they used to just watch Sar, uh, oh, sorry. 
Just watch Jorginho. When he gets pressured, he just randomly kicks the ball. <laughs> People are not even prepared. Then he kicks the ball out to them. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I hope we know Arsenal. Look, there's a possibility. I know they're going to favourites. If those are into, um, into sports betting, Chelsea are the favourites for the game. Arsenal have odds of three point something uh, compared to Chelsea's odds of what about two. So double your money back with Chelsea. But if Arsenal go out there, put their hearts on the field, give it their all, and we end up coming short, yes, we'll be disappointed. But we'll look at the team and be like, you know, they tried. It just wasn't them for the. It wasn't there for them on that day. But if they're gonna go with a limp performance, I can tell you, that I think Arsenal fans will be, will be seething with anger. Um, and I think you know, if Emre pulls this Europa League success off now, winning it four times as well for him personally. But if he pulls it off, everybody will forget about our waveform. Everybody will forget about everything this season and call the season a success. As his winners would have taken this the start of the season. I mean, I also think with regards to, you know, the final, I think Emery would have not, you know, done his work knowing uh, we fell really short in the league, especially if you take it out of the way form and then especially the home and away, the way we totally lost our direction there. But I think he now knows also how important this is for the club. And I think it also opens the doors now in the transfer window also where you can... Look, I'm not going to scoff at, at somebody like, say, if Ryan Fraser should don't join, I would like, really like him because at least you're going to have, like, say, somebody cut, cut, you know, cutthroat down the flanks, either flank. But, I mean, it, it, you, the quality of the player also then increases because, I mean, as much as I also want quality, but I would like also from the Premier League, I know that that, that costs almost like eight, like double the value sometimes of players from the Premier League or the Championship if they're not really in demand. And I think that is also the way we should now go with the forward planning if you know, we do get get success in, in Baku now. Yeah, I think definitely Premier League ready players. It seems it's the recipe to success. I mean, Mane came from uh, Southampton side. Van Dijk came from a Southampton side, slotting into Liverpool. You look at John Stones coming from Everton to Man City. So it's a lot of inter-club movements in the Premier League and that actually strengthens the team. I mean, Kante moving from Leicester to Chelsea as well. You know, that push them to win the league. So sometimes buying in the pre- in the Premier League, you're getting players who are ready and you know what you're getting as well. Isn't that, you know, they need time to still get used to the league? I mean, um, I don't know if any of our listeners also listened to Arsenal's YouTube channel the other day when they were talking to Raul Salnyehi with regards to transfers and the plans for the future. And he was actually saying, you know, we also need to start because from what I heard, the, the blueprint, for Arsenal from beyond in, it's like uh, when you're down to your second year of your contract, you're going to be offered a contract. If you don't, you get sold. It's not going to be any more of that. You know, the way it played out with Ramsey and Alexis. Uh, the other thing also that he added was they want to start developing a sort of an, uh, an academy where, you know, like like Ajax of the, say of the 90s or 80s, late 80s or the 90s, and then you have the Barcelona generation, you have the Liverpool generation, the United generation. And I think that is, they want to have that thing where you can actually put almost like six to seven of the academy players straight into that first team that can go on to bigger, better things, like whether it's trophy-wise and sell-on price. So that kind of comforted me with, you know, the future, if this is the, the path we're going to take. Yeah, for too, too long, 
we've been losing players on a free transfer. You can go way back, you know, Alexander Glev, Matteo Flamini in his prime, uh, Robin Van Persie was almost, you know, in that situation where he's selling for cheap. Yeah. Like you mentioned, Sanchez, Nasri, all top players we could have gotten big bucks for if we let him sign on and sold them. Or, you know, if we... we and we had, and also, we, we whenever we lost a key player, there's a massive gap. But if you had that academy youngster groomed for it, and he slots in, you don't miss him like we had. Remember we had with Fabregas yeah. when Patrick Vieira left. We, you know, we weren't sad about it. Only years later, we only felt it. So yeah, it's like you said, the future does seem bright if that's the way the club is going. But I mean, it's also going to come down to the owner, you know, giving money where need be, and. I mean, that is, I think that's also where Josh Kroenke should step up in where, you know, he is more adamant with regards to his father and freeing up money. Because, I mean, look at other club, the teams that he all has, they can all, you know, if you take a little bit of money of each of their teams, I can go a long way with us eh, as a club. Yeah, but we, we, we seem to be very self-sufficient. You know, we, it was like, we need that like a, a proper business. I mean... We, we do need that bit of funding, you know, with the, you know, those those guys who play FIFA, you know, with the board gives you that massive that money takeover. You are able to bring good players to your club and I'll push for the league title. So I think Arsenal needs that for the way maybe Kroenke, just for one season, just write them a blank check of, what was it, two, maybe 200 million? Just, yeah, go do what you want with that. And we, we definitely do need something like that where we can bring in three to four quality players. Because I don't know if you listened to the Raheem Sterling interview when he, after they won the FA Cup final. I think it was Rio Ferdinand actually asked him, you know, you were always a quality player, but when you came to Man City, when Pep came, you just got better and better and better. He said, what's the um, recipe to success? Then he, he said that, you know, after a good season, he would put his feet up thinking, okay, um, I'm, I'm good. I, my place is secure for the next season. And then he says, next thing he sees, in the, he reads that you know, Man City have signed another Oriad Mares. He said, he, he obviously has a bit of panic in him. Then he realizes he has to work that, but extra to keep his position in the team. And I think at Arsenal, currently, we do not have that. Because uh, I think that is where we almost like, I'm strong with the, with the finances again. Because... Now you can have somebody say like Xhaka having a if he wants to have an off day, he'll just go through the motions on the field. Urzel also doesn't have really somebody, you know, turning the heat. Oh yeah, this is something also just to, to hop back to the final quickly. With regards to that that worry that you had, like say with Urzel, I think even in a final, I don't think Emery is gonna really take uh you know a pedestrian Urzel in a game. Because I think if he I'm sure if he sees some like you know 30, 35 minutes and He's just losing the ball in midfield or, you know, not really putting effort in. I think he will be hold off ASAP by Emery because I don't think he's going to, especially in the final, I don't think he's going to mess around with anybody if, if you're not going to be on, on your game for the final. Yeah, I, I think that we, we, we can't take any complacency. Not, not, not this game on Wednesday. Not this game. We need everybody to come to the fore. Yeah. So, I also want to just add also, as we're now winding down, um, the Emirates Cup has a new format for 2019. Um, on July 28th, we're going to have everything that takes place on one day. Uh, Arsenal women take on Bayern Munich women, the football team. And then Arsenal first team take on Olympic Lyon. So, you know, it should be a good test for us. Because I think, look, the bigger test also come, comes prior that since we still have to play. 
I think Madrid and Bayern, I believe, and I think Roma, I'm not sure, in the Champions, International Champions Cup. So I think we will get, we'll, our players will get a good workout this preseason. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed with uh, some fantastic signings as well. Yeah, get the, the, get the team challenging very early on in the season. Don't leave things for last minute. Okay, so we'll end off right there. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. We probably all starved a bit from football, but the countdown starts also now for Wednesday. Come on, Arsenal. Let's go together to Baku.